0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: You I mean, standing if you wouldn't take your Bibles and open up to the book of Third John. Some of you may remember 23 years ago we had a baby shower here. No, it wasn't for me. I'm a little bit older than 23 but it was for Jordan. It was. We had a baby shower here for Jordan. His, his parents were the first... Were, were, we were the first church that took them on as missionaries to plant a church in Trenton. And I didn't know that last week when I introduced him. We didn't even know that when we hired him. Um, he. Uh, is from Pensacola, and uh, he's come up here and doing an internship for us. And I was talking to him Sunday afternoon, and he said, I lived in Trenton. I said, Trenton? He said, yeah. I said, did your dad pastor in Trenton? He's like, yeah. I said, the last name's Griffin, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, it was your church 23 years ago that took our parent, my parents on as missionaries and then your church threw a baby shower for me uh, over in that other building over there, and so, uh, so we knew him as a bun in the oven, you know. And uh, but the point is that now you're seeing the fruit of your giving. Amen. You know, that's an amazing thing. I I, th- I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. You know that uh, we had been supporting them and and. Uh, And now, God is using him, and he's here to intern uh, this summer with us, and I'm excited about that, to be able to see what the Lord is going to do uh, in his life. And so, sometimes you wonder, well, where's all this money going? Most of it goes to my condo fund, but other than that, (laughs) uh, it's going to be able to see lives changed, and... Because of that, his his father planted a church in Trenton, and then they were down in Pensacola, and now he's out in Las Vegas, Nevada, and planting a church out there. And so I thought that that would encourage you. Uh, I saw some of the pictures. I saw um, Inez Costin. She was at that baby shower. I saw a picture of her and Joy Jones and uh, some others, and that picture that he had, he showed it to me. He goes, here's the picture. He had it on his phone, and that was just a wonderful, wonderful thing. John chapter uh, 3, 3rd John, If you would, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I greatly, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers of the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, priding against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he receive himself, the brethren, and forbidding them that would, and cast them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath had a good report of all men, and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record. And ye know that our record is true. I have many things to write, but I will not, with ink and pen, write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to be here this morning. I pray that you take your word. Use it, I ask. I pray once again that if there is one here today that does not know you or that's watching online, that they would come to know you. I pray that our hearts would be strengthened as believers that we would walk stronger this week in the faith. Then and we pray. Amen. God bless you. you, may be seated. This is my final message that I'm going to preach to you as your pastor. I've spent 48 years of my 54 years here at Open Bible. I've done just about everything I think a person could do here at Open Bible. I've cleaned toilets and wax floors. I've shampooed these rugs and the pews that you're sitting on. I've worked with the children. I've been a youth pastor, a singles director, an administrator of a Christian school, a teacher in a Christian school. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. My whole life is tied up here at Open Bible. The six years that I wasn't here, I pastored another church in Ohio but this is what I know, 48 of 54 years in South Jersey, you say, what are you going to miss? The food, (laughs) (laughs) the pizza, no, no, I'll miss the food, but what will I miss? I'll miss the people, I'll miss you. Many of you have seen me from day one. I came here when I was 11 months old. I had about as much hair as I do now at 11 months old. And through that process, I've grown and I've been a part of this church and I love this work. As I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, this is not something that I want to do. It's not my desire to leave. But that's God's plan. You do what God wants you to do, whether you want to do it or not, because God always knows best. And it's been my privilege and honor to be called your pastor for these past 11 years. And we've seen God do some remarkable things in the life of this church. And I'm very grateful for it. And it's been all the Lord. As your pastor I've tried to point you to Christ At every turn I've tried to point you back to the Lord Jesus Christ I've told you many times from this pulpit If my my words don't line up with what the Bible has to say You negate my words and you follow the word of God I've tried to teach you the truths of scripture I've tried to model a life of faith for you That's one reason why I am stepping down. Because the mission does matter the most. The mission matters the most. And if therefore, if God says that I am done with what you're to do here at Open Bible, then if the mission truly matters the most, then I must move on. It's often been said that the impact of a man's life is not what happens while he's in the position of leadership, but what happens after he leaves that position of leadership. So my question this morning is, what's going to be said of Open Bible? What should be said of Open Bible? If you were to ask me, Pastor, what would you want to see out of Open Bible after you leave? It could be found right here in this text. When I knew that the Lord wanted me to move on, when I knew that it was his will, Third John came to my mind immediately. This is the message that you need to preach. See, this, this text here written by the Apostle John is, is, is a very personal text. John, the beloved disciple, the disciple of love, he mentions three individuals by name. He mentions Gaius, he mentions Diotrephes, and he mentions Demetrius. And it's a very personal letter that he's writing. He's opening up his heart. And this is one of John's final letters that that he writes. It's believed that he wrote this on the island of Patmos around 90 AD, at least that's what some believe. There's some debate over that, but many theologians believe that. And, but we don't know for sure because of the lack of information in this letter, but that's what they believe. And it was a letter written to a specific individual. His name was Gaius. He was a friend of John's, a man who was a blessing to John. It was written to Gaius, and Gaius was to pass this letter along to the church, which Diotrephes was leading in some capacity. You might ask yourself, which is a a logical question, well, why didn't John just write it to the church and let Diotrephes read it to the church? It was because Diotrephes didn't care for John. Diotrephes wasn't following the direction of the apostle. And Diotrephes, though he was leading the church in some capacity, was actually causing problems in the church. He was opposing John, and so, so therefore John wanted to make sure that this letter got to the church and that it was read. You say, well, what was the message that John wanted? What was the message that John wanted Gaius and the church to know? Probably one of the last letters that he'd written. What was it? Well, it's exactly the same thing that I want you to know today. It's exactly what I would like to hear about Open Bible. You say, what's that? That we walk in truth. That Open Bible walks in truth. See, the implication from this portion of Scripture is that it, it, that it is possible for a Christian not to walk in truth. See, John gives an example of that by diatrophies. So what does it mean for us as open Bible to walk in truth? Because every believer is to walk in truth. But what does that look like for us? Number one, write this down if you would please. You must know the truth. If you're going to walk in truth, you must know the truth. There are many out there today who talk about truth. They talk about truth. As a matter of fact, there's uh, the truth about how to stop aging. You know, the, everybody's looking for that fountain of youth. It's called Botox, right? They say, this is the way to stop aging. There are many out there that have the truth on how to live a healthy life, or there's a book out there that you, how to work four hours, a four hour work week and be a millionaire, that type of thing. Man, they got all different kinds of truth. I'm not talking about that kind of truth. Because man's quote unquote truth always fails, but God's word doesn't. See, I'm talking about knowing what God's word says about truth i want you to turn to another book of the bible that john the apostle wrote the gospel of john chapter 14. the gospel of john chapter 14. if we are going to walk in truth you must know the truth see there's a lot of people that know truthful things they've got head knowledge of truth but i'm talking more than just mere head knowledge Take a look at John chapter 14 and verse 6, what the Bible says. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, you cannot walk in the truth until you know the truth. My friend, this morning, truth is just not the right facts of a given situation. Did you hear me? Truth is just not facts, the right facts of a given situation. According to this verse, according to the Word of God, truth is not primarily a concept, but truth is a person. Truth is a person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the the life. See, to know Jesus Christ in a personal way is to know truth. Say, what do you mean? If you're going to know truth, you must know Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says that everybody's a sinner. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says that you can't get to heaven on your own. That's what the truth says. The truth says that your goodness and my goodness, our righteousness, is as filthy rags. That's what the truth says. The truth says if you reject me, meaning Jesus Christ, then you'll die and go to a Christless eternity. That's what the truth says. So to walk in truth, you must know the truth. Jesus says that he's the way. Jesus says that he's the life. And so in order to have eternal life, you must know the truth. Not just here. You must know him personally. I talked with him today. I spent time with him today. I memorized his mind today. You say, what do you mean you memorized his mind? His word. That's his mind. That's his heart opened up to us. Why? Because I don't just want to know the truth intellectually. I want to know the truth personally. And in order for one to walk in the truth, we must know the truth personally. It's to accept the fact that you and I are sinners and that Jesus Christ is the Savior and died on the cross. For your sins. Now listen, you can sit here and you can say, well, pastor, that's good for you and that's good for many of these people, but I reject that. Guess what? You're rejecting truth. You say, well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's still true. Just because you disbelieve something doesn't make it untrue. Just because you don't like it doesn't make it untrue. Just because it doesn't fit in with your worldview doesn't make it untrue. Jesus says, I am truth. So you're either going to accept me as truth or you're going to reject me. And if you reject Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there's only one alternative for you according to the truth. And that's an eternity in hell. See, to accept the truth is to place your faith in a person To accept the salvation that Jesus extends to all people. The question for you this morning is, do you know the truth? Oops, I forgot. In a personal way. In a personal way. So if you're going to walk in truth, you must know the truth in a personal way. You cannot move on to the next step of living in truth or walking in truth until you have this step settled this is the foundation for everything else to know the truth personally number two to walk in the truth is to know the truth but number two you must practice truth you must practice truth 1 Peter chapter 4, if you turn there with me, please, as I read uh, 3 John chapter, uh, verses 5 and 6. But uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. In 3 John verse 5, it says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Romans 12, 13 says distribute to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. And then in John, uh, 3 uh, uh, third John, verses 5 and 6, it's talking about the same thing. To practice truth, John gives us an example. How do we practice this truth? It is through hospitality. John uses hospitality to teach us what it means for us to practice this truth. In the ancient world, hospitality wasn't anything new. Hospitality was even practiced by those who did not know Christ. They believed, the secular world believed, that there was a deity protecting strangers. And if they wanted the deity to be on their side... And not to incur the wrath of this deity that protected strangers, they would be kind to strangers. And what they would do is they would open up their home to strangers. You can read in Scripture and you'll see that uh, people that near uh, nightfall, there would be people from the city that they didn't even know say, hey, come stay in my house. I, 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 you, you shouldn't stay out here all night long by yourself. There's thieves, there's robbers. We, we want to help you. And the reason for that is because many people believe that this deity would be against them if they did not care for strangers. See, the point is that if the unsaved world took care of their own, should not Christians take care of theirs? See, they would open up their homes, the Christians would open up their homes to these individuals, to traveling pastors or missionaries or evangelists to be able to help them along the way. And it says something in here in this text that we might gloss over, that they did not receive anything of the Gentiles. We might just think, well, okay, they didn't receive anything from the Gentiles. What it's talking about is they didn't go, the the Christian believers did not go to the unsaved world to have their needs met. It was the responsibility of believers collectively to help meet the needs of other believers that were passing through. It was an act of Christian love. See, the Greek word for hospitality is love of strangers. And it's the basic responsibility of Christians to open up our homes to those who we may not know. You say, well that really isn't a thing for us today. I mean, we do it sometimes. We do it with missionaries or pastors or whatever. But but how would we live this out, pastor? It's to care for the physical needs of one another. See, we can talk about that we know the truth and we've accepted the truth. But we've got to practice the truth You look at Jesus Christ What did he do? He cared not only for the spiritual needs of people But he cared for the physical needs of people What did the disciples want to do When Jesus was getting ready to to, uh, When he preached to the 5,000 What did the disciples want to do? Oh, send them away Send them away Jesus said, no, let's take care of them If we send them away They're going to faint along the way What did he do? He wanted to care for their physical needs And he fed the 5,000 He took care of them And see, for us, we can go around touting all we want as believers here at Open Bible that, hey, I've got a personal relationship with the truth. I know the truth. I'm set free. I'm safe. But if we do not practice caring for one another the way that we should, we're really not walking in the truth. We've got a good talk, but the walk isn't backing up the talk. If I told you, if you get me a gun with a target and you put that target three hundred yards away, with no scope, with no scope on that gun, I could hit it every time, bullseye. You say, well, okay, but I like to see that, man. I'm, I'm legally blind in one eye. You may not have known that. I'm legally blind in one eye. I can still see some things out of it. Thank, Thank God that I'm legally blind in one eye because some of you people are just flat out ugly. And, uh, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with buckshot. Okay? See, I can talk the talk all I want. I can say, yeah, I can play some basketball. And you take me over to that gym be a sorry sight. No way. See, what we do as Christians, we say, we love Jesus. We love Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. But are we practicing the truth? And we got problems with one another in the pews. By this shall all men know. What did I talk to you about last week? By this shall all men know that ye love, uh, that ye are my disciples if ye, what, love one another. He's not just talking about, talk, uh, just saying that. it's talking about a sacrificial love. You say, What what do you want to see out of Open Bible when you leave? I want to know that we, this church, that they know the truth. I want to know that this church is practicing the truth. What I find interesting is this hospitality is not open to just everybody. This hospitality, it's not that you should just open up your doors to anybody. It's those who are in the truth. See, hospitality is founded upon the truth. It's those who are in the truth, those who just not have head knowledge of the truth, but have heart. See, to walk in truth is to know the truth, to practice the truth, but number three... I said it this way, but I'm going I'm to give it to you. Another, I, 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 you have it this way, but I'm going to give it to you another way. You must walk in the truth. So to walk in the truth is you must walk in the truth. But I'll, I'll put it to you this way. You must live it out. I could say it that way as well, because that's what it means. Take a look at uh, uh, John chapter, uh, verses 3 and 4, if you would, please. So number three, you must walk in the truth. You must conduct your life this way. You must live it out. One way is through this hospitality. But take a look here, if you would, in John 3, verses 3 and 4, or 3 John 3 and 4. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So they knew the truth, and now they're walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know, if you know anything about the Apostle John, the one who wrote this, he was known as the beloved disciple. He was known as the disciple of love. And over and over in this text here of 3 John, he mentions the beloved. He mentions over and over. He mentions that how he loved Gaius. He mentions how he loved the church. He, he mentioned how he had a heart for them. But you know what I find interesting about the disciple of love? He does not say walk in love. Now wait a second. Don't you think a guy with a tagline, Disciple of Love, would have said, walk in love? But he doesn't. He says, walk in truth. My question is, well then isn't the apostle of love concerned with love? Because you ever have you ever met somebody who quote unquote knows the truth? But our heart is nails. It's like if you want to hug them, it's like hugging a porcupine. Oh, yeah, I'm a staunch Christian. Man, they know the Word. They've been studying the Word all their life. They can quote all the books of the Bible, talk to you about Hezekiah chapter 3 and verse 4. There is no Hezekiah, folks. <laughs> You gotta know the tr- you gotta know the truth. <laughs> Maybe I better stay for a couple more weeks to help you out. <laughs> you ever meet those people? Yeah, they know the truth. Huh? Well, why did the apostle of love not say walk in love? Isn't he concerned about love? Yes, he is. And that's why he stressed walking in truth. What do you mean? See, if you are truly walking in truth, you will love. So those who have all this head knowledge, and man, they know the Bible, and they know, but they are as cold as ice, and they are as prickly as a porcupine and they are as stiff as as a a board but they know the bible they're not walking in truth you can have all the facts of the bible down you can have all the books of the bible memorized you can have the whole bible memorized for that fact of the matter a matter of fact the pharisees had the first five books of the bible memorized But they were not walking in truth. Because truth, true walking in truth will always result in love. It always will. That's the reason the apostle said walk in truth. Because truth encompasses love. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and life, is also the one who it's recorded about that he is love. See, if you and I are walking in truth, we will love. Love is a part of truth. And Gaius exemplified this to the church. Take a look at verse 6. Which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Gaius was living out the truth that's what it means to walk in truth, to conduct yourself in this way, that it's a lifestyle. It's to, move, it's to move beyond mere head knowledge. And what every sincere pastor wants for the church he shepherds is to have a people that will walk in truth. There's no greater joy for a pastor than to know that his people that he is pouring his life into are walking in truth. They know the truth personally. They practice the truth and then they make it a lifestyle. See, it's one thing to practice something. It's a whole nother thing to play the game. And folks, we need to continue to practice, to open up our homes, to care for one another. But it's not just to put on a show. It's to be lived out daily. See, there's no greater joy than to know the truth believe the truth and to walk in the truth. And we've got to understand this morning that love and truth are inseparable. The love we display is within the boundaries of Truth many people today would say they may love someone but they ignore the truth. You know what that is? That's not true love. That's just foolish, sentimental. Being just sentimental because truth or our love is founded upon Truth. There was a love from John to Gaius, to this church, to Demetrius, because of the truth that they lived out. There's many believers that know the truth, but very few believers really live it out. Because this isn't easy. I want you to think about something. Did you walk in truth this past week? I know there were times that I didn't walk in truth this past week. This week's been very hard for me. I had a, a hard week emotionally because I didn't want to do this. I set up a staff dinner on Thursday night for everybody with the families, with the husband and wives, and we went to had a staff dinner. And I didn't want to be there. Not because I didn't want to be with the staff, because I knew what it meant. So I'm not just preaching to you this morning I'm preaching for me I didn't want to do this but I know that the Lord knows best one day I'm going to have to give an account if I've followed him or not. And better for me to have disappointment today and difficulty today than to have it there. See, folks... say, well, what are you telling us? That we don't live by feelings. We live by the truth of God's word. And if this is what God has, then we walk that road even when it's difficult. Even when it doesn't seem right. Even... When there is no job, no place to live, no income, we walk that road. Why? Because truth is a person, and this person will never leave me, and he will never forsake me, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. My question for you is, The take-home is, are you walking in truth? That's the question. And number two, throughout your week this week, I want you to ask yourself, is this what truth would do? I wonder what truth has to say about this. How would truth have me react? You know, it's amazing that if we were just to follow truth, how so many things, so many problems that we have in our life would just go away and just be solved. But instead, we don't want to follow this truth because sometimes it's very difficult. We want to follow, you've heard this term before, right? My truth. This is my truth. And what I found is that when I follow my truth, I fall flat on my face, but when I follow his, it always works out, always, because he does everything for my good, and for your good, and for his glory, are you walking in truth? Hey folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted Him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in Him, I would like to send you, free of charge, two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done. It's written by a friend of mine. What other religions don't tell you about the Bible? And then secondly, a brand new Bible just like this one i like to send to you. So please do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below. Click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in and I will be happy to send this book done in this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you and I'm looking forward to hearing from you.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today.